Hey there, welcome to The League Life with Brooksy and Shanaz. I'm Shanaz, I'm here with Brooksy, which is a podcast commonly referred to as The Lockdown Life, the life that we are living currently. We hope for not too much longer. Brooksy, how are you going? Good, mate. Seventh episode since last Monday. That's got to be... I reckon we've got to get Guinness on the line soon and um, see how we're tracking for the record. Wouldn't mind a drink either. Brooksy, I've got a quick story for you. You like stouts? I didn't think you were a stout guy, Schnaz. I'm a lager man, yeah. Lager, lager, lager. Sometimes cider. No. That's a a office reference for the office fans out there. At the supermarket, like I often am after or before we podcast. And a lovely young person (laughs) at the checkout asked me how I was. Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, And then she wanted to have a conversation, but she had the face mask on. And I could not hear a word she was saying. So I was doing the, what's that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Huh? It was to- totally low talker um, Seinfeld. But it went on for like three yeah. or four minutes. And I, I felt so bad because she told me how long the hours were for her and how hard it's all been. Yeah. I was very sympathetic. But I thought of you because I was like, oh, if only Brooks was here to see this. I, I couldn't talker. hear a word she was saying. <laughs> Did you agree to wear a puffy shirt? Is that... Did that happen? I didn't, thankfully. <laughs> what I what I can hear loud and clear is uh, you on the other end. Yeah, yeah. I Schnaz, I was going to throw something back to you. Sure. Um, I was at I was at Woolies the other day and accidentally bought three of uh, uh, certain things. Uh, or tried to buy three of certain. Did you Did you get caught up in that uh, situation? No, I'm a person who goes by the law of the land and the. Court systems, and I only got two milks, two breads, two etceteras, two yeah, pastas. Right. I didn't realize. I actually didn't realize there was a Noah's Ark sort of situation happening at um, Woolies at the moment. And I grabbed three milks because no. I I'm trying to do smoothies of a morning, and you know your, your milk runs out. I drink a lot of tea. I I like my tea stronger, so I don't think that's where in the pie chart of milk consumption. It's not really going into the teas, but. I tried to drink three milks, three blueberry bags, pardon the alliteration, and um, what was it? Uh, three uh, two-minute noodles. So six minutes worth of noodles you can't get at Woolies at the moment, Schnaz. And this proves my point that you think everything's A-OK and I think it's the end of the world. So today I yeah. win the argument. I'll tell you what is debatable though, and that is our topic yeah. for today. We're going to get straight into it, Brooksy. And let's do it. Simply, simply the best. We have two words for you. <laughs> That's super, three, isn't it? Super. Oh, super, super. Here we go. Super League. Super League. What? What a war it was, Schnaz. Far yeah. out. Where do you start? Where do you start? Where do you finish? I'm hoping we're, you have a we're place. Gonna try and, we're going to try and do it justice uh, over the next 30, 40 minutes. We'll see how long we go. But having a look into it, I thought. You know, I wanted to try and and see what led to April 1st, 1995, which was 25 years ago. Crazy. Um, And talk about for people, I know some of our friends and family that listen to the podcast uh, might not be uh, up to speed with what happened with the Super League War. So let's, let's go back into when, I guess, Rugby league heads were sort of envisioning what ended up happening. So you, you have to go back to 1973 mm-hmm. when the New South Wales Rugby League 
uh, head at the time, Kevin Humphreys, he wanted amalgamation. He talked to the Herald um, back then about cutting Sydney teams. So 12 teams at the time wanted to cut it down to six teams and wanted to add teams from other areas outside of Sydney, namely Brisbane, Canberra, Newcastle, Wollongong and Wagga Wagga, which was surprising. But a rugby league heartland nonetheless, Nats. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. So that was, that was the initial sort of chat like that I could find in history where the New South Wales Rugby League wanted to sort of start moving outside of Sydney. Because we, as we know, 1908, the first season of um, the New South Wales Rugby League, the Sydney competition, um, as it was, like you had teams like Annandale, you had North Sydney, Glebe. you had South Glebe, you had the um, Eastern Suburbs Roosters. It, there's just, there's, it was very Sydney-centric and up until the 1970s, you could see that there was a push there. Um, to mo- start moving outside because the competition was obviously growing and people from outside of Sydney started enjoying the competition. You mentioned in our last podcast that there was uh, a mid-season competition, the KB Cup, Amco Cup, Panasonic Cup, and there was a Brisbane combined team that came down and, and challenged for that. I can't remember what year it was, Schnaz, but one of the teams, I think it was in the late 70s, that one of the teams made the finals. Um Oh, yeah, I think it was around then. Anyway, don't quote me on that one. Didn't really look into that side of things. But then expansions outside of Sydney came in the early 80s, which was great for some fan bases, uh, namely the in the ACT and the Illawarra region. So Wollongong got a team, the Illawarra Steelers, hoorah, and the Canberra Raiders. Um, yeah, so 82 was an interesting time. And then 83, the next year, was... Uh, a year where we saw two teams kicked out of the comp, uh, the Newtown Jets and the Western Suburbs Magpies. West fought the decision in court and won. But in a couple of years' time, back when in 82, when um, when teams were sort of, when the club competition was looking to expand, they saw Campbelltown as a growth region. So West in 87 decided to move out to Arana Park in Campbelltown. Great location. The West Tigers still play there now. Uh, Brooksy, just to jump in, 1979, yeah. uh, Brisbane lost to the mighty Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. It was 79, was it? There you go. Which cup was it, Schnaz? Was it the Amco Cup? It sure was. It certainly was. That, finally, you opened up your cupboard, your trophy cupboard. Oh, sorry, sorry. Anyway, we'll, we'll digress. Uh <laughs> And it was funny because, like, reading in, in some of the articles too, it looked like Ken Arthurson, who was the, the head of the New South Wales Rugby team, uh, Rugby League, um, he wanted a similar sort of thing around the mid-'80s that Kevin Humphreys identified. He wanted less, less, less teams in Sydney and to, to keep this expansion going. Um, we saw a few years later that Brisbane and Newcastle came into the competition in 1988, which pushed the league from 13 teams to 16 teams. Uh, it was great. I was on the Gold Coast um, shortly after the the, the top, uh, what were they called? The Giants. Yeah. Giants came into the competition. It was great. I remember, you remember that era of like the late 80s collecting the pink footy cards with the, with the uh, Scanlon's gum? Do I remember? It's my it era. Great. I was shining, man. Yeah. I was a young, young, yeah. young boy shining in a life that had yet to disappoint me. Although 88, oh boy, minor premiers and then out, out disappointment. The, the uh, straight sets, was it, Shaz? Oh, yeah. 
There's been a bit of a rocky road for Cronulla so far up until 1988 in our podcast so far. But, uh, yeah, 1988, 16 teams. Brisbane came in. The Knights, it was great. Like the, yeah. We were starting to expand throughout New South Wales and finally got into, into southeast Queensland with the Bronx and the Giants. Uh, 1992 was the next big time uh, that I can find in terms of this uh, chat about expansion and uh condensing the Sydney team. So the Bradley report came out. He, uh, in the report, it, it said that it's likely that Sydney will not be able to sustain 11 clubs. So it was 11 clubs at that time uh, we, without the, you know, the five teams that had currently expanded um, into the New South Wales Rugby League and that they need to reduce that number to five club schnaz. Like that, that's just, yeah. that's, that's, Five mergers, and then you've still got one left over. So it would have been a would have been information that wouldn't have gone down too well. Uh, he was looking at the Bradley report. Also suggested that fourteen teams in total, which would allow for a home and away series um, of twenty six games, which would be a very fair competition leading into finals. And that's my dream come would true, you? as I've said that's on all seven episodes. Although twenty six weeks is way too long. Yeah. Then the following year, 1993, you see uh, Broncos CEO at the time, John Rebo, starts getting getting amongst it. Yeah, John Rebo Debrezniak. Debrezniak, yeah. Whatever. Debrezniak, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, John Rebo as he's done <laughs> in rugby league circles. He, he started proposing some crazy, Stuff, uh, yeah. One being moving the ARL Grand Final to QE2 Stadium in Brizzy. Remember, that's where they had the Commonwealth Games, and the Broncos started playing games there in around that time, yeah. um, and moving from Lang Park, and it fit sixty thousand people. And his argument was, we can fit more people in, we'll sell it out uh, more than the four thousand that we we're getting at the SFS. Obviously, the SFS was only up and running five years at the time, so. Again, probably something that got knocked back uh, due to it being something from outside of Sydney and having the new stadium, which is now flattened. Mm. Big dirt hole in Moore Park there. Uh, 94, uh, you get this, the rumbling start happening with Super League. Ooh, um, yeah. News Corp, who have a vested interest in the Broncos, come up with a proposal for a Super League competition. And John Rebo starts discussing that competition with some of the high-profile players at the Broncos about a potential new competition and the big lure of that being um, greater salaries for players. And this was all just before the league starts to expand again. It's 1995, four new teams come in, four different er or three different areas, one that we'd already been in. So we got Auckland. We've got Townsville, the North Queensland Cowboys, and Perth getting the Western Reds. Three new big areas that they wanted to expand into, and they put a second Brisbane team in, the South Queensland Crushers, mm. who played out of Lang Park. So interesting times leading into 95. Obviously, these teams had had bids that had been accepted leading into that season. But, yeah, it, it, this was the start of um, the things going awry and the and the... And the the war. So March, late March, we get into late March and um, there's some secret meetings being held. Um, one in particular that was quite iconic in late March, which was the Bulldogs um, 
Bulldog Stars were the first to sign contracts with Super League. There was a secret meeting held in the Rocks, and which instigated a um, federal court action by Super League against the ARL, New South Wales Rugby League, and clubs alleging breaches in the Trade Practices Act. That was March 30, and then April 1, 1995, there was a board meeting between... Um, there was an ARL board meeting and Peter Moore stood down from the board and it was also at that time that Canberra, Canterbury and Cronulla um, had to show cause why they shouldn't be expelled from the competition. So a very rocky start to the 20-team season. And Shnaz, this is, this is where we're at. Like you could see leading into, I guess, April 1st, 1995, the Super League had pretty much been discussed, you know, numerous times about something happening along those lines. Do you ever yearn? Yearn? Do I yearn? <laughs> I yearn. You yearn? Oh, yes. Yes, I yearn. Often I, I sit and yearn. Brooksy, congratulations on a very succinct and knowledgeable catch-up on the history of Super League in a few minutes uh, that was fantastic. I appreciate it. Our league life, lockdown life audience appreciates it too. Shaz, the thing is, I left so much out between 94 and 95. Just the back and forth that was going on between News, ARL, Rebo, bloody uh, Marbo, <laughs> everything. Like, <laughs> there's just so much stuff in there. And if you delve deeper into podcasts and articles, like, it's like day by day by week by day. There's so much. And I thought I'd try and give everyone the gist of the haps leading into April 1995 and why we were in a Super League war. But, yeah, it's just it's an intriguing, intriguing story. Oh, fascinating. And it, I, I read a book about it uh, probably about a year ago, which I've misplaced, which is killing me. But it, I think it was by Mike Coleman. It was a, it was a very much down-the-middle, no-agenda as far as I can tell, history of Super League. And, and if you can get your hands on that or any other material, it's it's a fascinating subject. And as we've seen, the subject in a lot of ways, you probably won't use those words, Super League, but the subject doesn't really go away, as you've pointed out. You see, you just see some of these things that we've talk, I've talked about here just keep popping up, just keep popping up every decade. It's like something that just won't go away. And it just cycles through. We start thinking about expansion into areas that we've either haven't expanded into yet, or in this case, places that we've already been. Uh, we we talk about the condensing of Sydney quite a bit. Teams merging. We've already had two of those um, situations, or we had three of those play out since yeah. Super League. We've got the Illawarra and St George merging to form the Dragons. We've got the Tigers. Belmain Tigers and the Western Suburbs Magpies merged to create the West Tigers. And we had one of the worst mergers in sports history with Manly Warringah Seagulls and the North Sydney Bears merging, like, which basically ended up just turning into the Manly Seagulls again. So it's been some tough times. We've tried to condense the league, particularly with the Sydney teams uh and you know the dragons and the tigers are somewhat successful stories they've both won a premiership since merging uh but yeah it, you just we just keep coming back to that 
that condensing of Sydney teams and it, you just see some of the proposed stuff when you do a bit of uh, research into the Super League war. You see like teams like the Roosters and Souths merging, which just, you know, in his, in history sense, just cannot happen. It was like, like what I've said with the Manly and Norse uh, merger, just two teams that should probably have never merged in the first place, two enemies. Well, Cronulla and the Dragons had some serious talks, I hate to tell you, Brooksy, and yeah. Cronulla and Souths had some serious talks as well. I think Souths were in talks with a lot of people, but um, the Manly North thing, it, it does give me alarm bells, and it's the same when you can't mix two teams that hate each other and expect the best, at least over a short period of time. Over 20, 30 yeah. years might be a different story, but... Over a year or two, it's just going to be such hard work. Yeah. Well, let's go back to like 95, Schnaz, and, talk, and 96 Ooh. and talk about those seasons that sort of, um, that that were largely affected by Super League. Like 95 from memory was one of the, my favourite like on-field seasons with the 20 teams. You had a team in New Zealand. I remember seeing Brandy and uh, <laughs> Phil Blake running out for the Warriors. You had... The Western Reds, that first game against St. George, like had X-Star Dragon, had Mackay over there mm. um, leading the team, Mark Geyer yeah. over there. It was great. They ended up winning that game. They had a great season, the Western Reds. I think they'd won 11 out of 22 and were pretty much the most successful of the four expanding teams. I remember the Steelers were up for a good year that year. They did, um, didn't play too well. But uh, and the Sharkies, they... they did all right, didn't they, Schnaz? Oh, John Lang was starting to weave his magic. So yeah. it was a wonderful year for the Sharks. Uh, Perth, we, we often go back to talking about Perth coming back into the competition as recent as the last year. I think Peter Volandis has kind of put the kibosh on that short term. But yeah. they always talk about how they had an average crowd of 13,000 people that first year. And what yep. could have been, and we've taken Origin there, we've taken other games there. Um, lately, though, Perth has quietened down, and I mean, you're an expansion man. I know that. Yeah. You think it can still work? <laughs> Not in the current climate, to be honest. And I think it's something that you've got to be. We've got to be realistic with, but definitely, I think. I think we talked about it a few years ago, Shaz, about what they, what I think they need to do with Perth. They need to sort of start when the time is right and the financials are right, tap into South Africa, uh, build up that local competition to be a feeder competition for a professional um, team to run out of Perth. I recall There's this, so yeah. much that needs to happen into Perth and I, I don't think it's the right time to expand into Perth just yet. But yeah, like they're... They had felt that they'd, they had the right time and the results on the field for that one season did. The Perth franchise struggled thereafter and it was due to the um, Super League uh, war. And, mm. you know, they, they were pretty much out of the comp after 97, mm. um, out, out of that um, Super League, after the Super League year. Yeah. And it was really disappointing to see that. I remember, like, you know, they had a funky jersey, they had some good names over there that... The, the expansion of the ARL really brought over some of those stars that we saw in the mid-90s in England when we, we'd watch Kangaroo Tours, just a couple that were off the top of my head. You had um, Andy Platt and Dennis Betts 
uh, English players that were over there, um, the English players come, that, that had come over for the Auckland franchise. You had a New Zealand legend in front of Bodica that went over to the Auckland Warriors as well in their first season. You had uh, Barry John Mather. At the, <laughs> I remember him from some of those games. Um, Craig Innes came over to Manly in that time and was part of one of the best defensive teams in, in our era, that 95 Manly team. Yeah, it just, it just, um, it's just, just disappointing because the expansion had sort of worked and we were getting people from overseas. We're getting players in from the Pacific. We obviously opened up that channel of New Zealand to have their own side. But yeah, it was just, it was sort of doomed from the get-go because of what had been happening in 94. These teams had come into, had basically put in bids to come into the competition in 93 and 94 um, they were successful. 95 was going to be a massive for the competition. 20 teams in the new regions. And this was all just bubbling underneath. All this, like, devo- like splitting the competition into two. Yeah. And once the news broke in the media, I mean, back in the day, it was when you did read newspapers and anything you could get your hands on, really, uh, rugby league related. And it was everywhere, man. And obviously there were divides, like, the Telegraph were pro, the Herald was not, and there were, you had all that kind of politics. But it was fascinating to read. And the journos knew it was going on. Like, they they had the yeah. inside scoop and they had their allies. And so many fascinating stories came from pre-Super League and especially during. But you sort of hope that you'd never see that again from a fan point of view because it just caused so much divide you know you had ARL fans you had Super League fans you had someone who'd go for Canterbury would then give up because it's not the right thing and then you, he'd go for St George or um, yeah. I, I, I we had a discussion off air I, I never related to that kind of thing I was just I was a Cronulla guy and whatever they decided well yep. that's where I was going I, I couldn't change a lifetime which at the time you know I was in my, I don't know how old I was, but I wasn't the age I am now, obviously, it was 25 years ago, but I'd still had a history yeah. of following this club my family had, and I wasn't going to give that up for some sort of belief in a rugby league business, you know what I mean? And I'm not yeah. saying I don't understand people who did, I'm, I'm not knocking those people at all, I'm just saying I couldn't relate, and I, I knew people that swapped teams, and I was like, what the hell are you doing? How could you swap teams? Yeah. But they had yeah. their reasons, they had their reasons. And that's the sort of yeah. divide you saw. You also saw the divide of, um, you know, a few years later of people like yourself losing teams as a result of this failed, not failed competition, but f- failure of being able to run two separate competitions. Um, yeah. So the game lost a lot of people in that time when the, I guess the whole aim of Super League was to bring the whole world together, literally. Yeah. Yeah, it was like even like 95, 96, those years as it sort of was starting to bubble, um, you know, Bulldogs won the Premiership 95 and then shortly after, four of their stars left to go to Parramatta. I remember Dean Pay, Jared McCracken, Jim Dimmick. Um, oh, I've forgotten the other one. Who was the other one? Pavarotti, Domingo, Pay, the other guy. Dimmick, McCla- Jason Smith. Yeah. Jason Smith. The most talented yeah, of them all. So they all, they all left. Um, they won the Sydney Bulldogs, as they were known down there. The Sydney the Bulldogs. 
I know. Yeah, it was like, remember that fight for everyone wanting to be called Sydney? So there was the Sydney Tigers, Sydney Bulldogs, Sydney Roosters. You already had South Sydney. <laughs> like everyone was called Sydney because they, that was the, I guess that was the catalyst of uh, team, to, them wanting only a certain amount of teams in Sydney. And I the think... brand of Canterbury or uh, uh, Balmain wouldn't have, wouldn't have kept up in a, in a national or multinational competition. Somewhere around that moment, and I'm sure our Sharks fans will dial in, yeah. the Cronulla Sharks became Sharks. That's right, they did too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was some interesting branding over the times, and it was just obviously just we've you know, got to connect maintain with, some sort of we got to connect with San Jose. Yeah, or just just sharks in general. Like, just <laughs> we're, we're representing the ocean. We're not only representing Cronulla; we're representing the ocean, and we know the ocean is <laughs> and the Earth's predominantly ocean. So we have a good we, rep- representation of the globe, but. Yeah, the 95, 96, interesting years, man. Like it, uh, we saw Manly and St. George in the final leading into Super League. We saw the cha- the sponsorship change from Winterfield Cup to, um, to Optus mm. as well. Like it just started this massive divide in terms of the Packers came in and assisted the ARL. We already had the Murdochs on the other side and just started a media war as well. When Optus Vision was coming through to um, challenge Foxtel, like it was just a war, just not only on, but off the field and not only just in rugby league as well. Yeah. And you've got celebrities, identities like Phil Gould, just pretty much running the ARL show, signing everyone he could. Uh, And, and Super League had John Aribo starring for them. Some great yeah. stories out of that, Brooksy. Again, if you can get yeah. your hands on the book by Mike Coleman, you probably won't get a new edition of it, but it's it'll be on eBay for a little bit. It's it's really great read. And there's stories. We've all heard the stories about how uh, the chief, Paul Harrigan, got the entire team into the minibus and drove the minibus down to Sydney and made sure everyone yeah. signed with ARL. There's... <laughs> Story of uh, of uh, Adam Ritson, who was the next big thing, and he was a yeah. shark at the time, and he was considered the next Artie Beatson. And uh, yeah. the Sharks, I think, were playing. I want to say they were playing in Perth. There is a story about it. They were playing somewhere in a state. I think it was Perth. And after the game, they were told that they were all going to sign exclusively with Super League, including ET. Yeah. ET was one of the top three draw cards for Super League. And everyone was kind of down with it because of the money that was getting thrown around. And then Ritson rang, rang his dad. Ritson would have been probably 17 at the time, I'm guessing. He rang his dad from Perth and said, hey, this is going down. And his dad said, you're not to sign anything. And, the, and I think yeah. the club and, and definitely Super League people put the hard word on him and said, look, this is only for 24 hours. Otherwise, it's not going to exist. And he went, you know, yeah. that's rubbish. And he ended up signing a huge deal with the IRL. I'm imagining he got more yeah. money, um, a short-lived career with the Eels due to injury. But uh, a lot, you know, a lot of the stories of the wrong players being signed for the wrong amount of money, guys walking out millionaires that really should have been offered a hundred thousand dollars. The money being thrown around was ridiculous, and it was all in such a hurry. Brooksy was like, "We have to sign this guy. We've got to, We're at the airport now. We've got to go to uh, Melbourne Airport to sign this guy," and just. 
it was just chaos. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember 95 from like a Illawarra Steelers fan perspective, like we'd had that awesome um, season in 92 where we came third. 93 and 94, not as good, but we were still in the top half of the competition. And 95, we we were in the thick of it. We, Our coach was um, spruiking Super League, the late Graham Murray, the late great Graham Murray. He was eventually sacked because Bob Millwood, the head of the Steelers, was very staunch ARL. They'd looked after Illawarra since 1982. They got the, they obviously Ken Arthurson was behind um, the team coming into the competition. <sighs> it was a brutal time, man. Like I was very much ARL because I knew the Steelers were aligned with them. But you look back, we only had three seasons after '95. We were merged by '99. We had to merge. Yeah. We had no money. We had yeah. we had a good team on the park. We had talent. Um, John Cross, one of our, our captains, uh, was signed a Super League. I'm, I'm sure Graham was, he would have been straight to Johnny um, in discussions. He ended up at Penrith. Uh, we still, you know, a chunk of that 99 team uh, the, the, of the Dragons was uh, Wollongong boys, um, Illawarra players. It was, just, it was just a tough time. And I remember watching that last game against the Bulldogs and Luke Patton had an absolute blinder. Could have been the catalyst for him going to the Bulldogs. Yeah. But it was just like, you, and you had Trent Barrett absolutely killing it in 97 in his debut year. It was a game against the Knights where he just single-handedly defeated the Knights up there in Newcastle. There were some special players at Illawarra at the time. And, and me, like, going through high, the back end of high school during that time, watching these guys develop, um, people just in the schoolyard going, how good's that Trent Barrett guy that you've got? And how good's that Luke Patton? Like, Craig Fitzgibbon was um, playing at the Steelers in 99 as well, obviously went on to bigger and better things in, throughout his career. It's just, it was just disappointing, man. And I remember going to a game in 98 against St. George down at Wollongong, and the, it was just so much angst on the hill of um, St. George and Illawarra fans just going... We're going to be together in this, but we're so far apart. And it just seemed like a natural merger in itself. And it was tough going through. Obviously, the Dragons have had some good years since as a, a merged entity. But, man, I'll tell you right now, it was tough as a fan going through those last few seasons um, with the Steelers, even though they were probably the better years of, um, of, of, their, of their existence. On the field, yeah. That's why, Brooksy, I'm so hesitant to... Uh, have mergers. I'm, I'm so hesitant to have teams mm. move. I'm so hesitant to have teams uh, not be there anymore because, as we've seen in the last month with the crazy stuff that's going on around the world, these teams mean a hell of a lot to a lot of people. And that's not a reason they to... certainly do. It's not a reason just to keep something going. Like, I'm mature enough to understand that if, for example, a club is just bleeding money and can't make it back up and they're on the field's not great and the whole thing, culture, sponsor, whatever you want to, whatever demographic you want to throw in there, whatever category. Yeah. I understand that uh, probably in the past there's some teams that were let go and maybe it was for the best, so to speak. But in the current day and age, with how attached people are in different ways, like it's it's a 24 seven love you know you, you can follow your team 
when they tweet every 20 minutes. You can watch videos, you can go to games, you can go to training sessions. Like it's, it's basically an interactive experience being a fam now. Yeah. To remove that from one's life, uh, as you've experienced, thankfully I have not. Mm. I've come pretty close, but I haven't experienced it. Uh, I, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It it is tough. It's I've I've obviously got over it, or not obviously. Uh, I've somewhat got over it, but <laughs> I think the thing is, having gone through it, though, Shnaz, and and just putting all the emotion out there with with those times as a as a teenager, supporting a club since I, I, I was that little, like on the Gold Coast, like as a as a five six six year old in nineteen. 88 when the when the Giants started my uncle was friends with some of the players of the Illawarra Steelers and I got to go into the sheds and meet Michael Bolt and Chris Walsh and some of those iconic players of the Steelers that got me in as a Steelers fan at such a young age and getting to that stage where I was in my um, like teens and supporting this this team that was a bunch of battlers really like we didn't didn't really win much other than a than a Tui's challenge in '92, but I look back on all that and it's great to have that connection with the team. But we're in a position right now where we can ultimately change things, and for the good of, for the good of the game, the good of the competition, and I, I I'd hate to see thousands of young rugby league fans go through what I've gone through, but there is a there is a light at the tunnel. Like I really enjoyed twenty ten and I really enjoyed having that that whole ride, whether and it was it wasn't just twenty ten, it was two thousand and nine, it was two thousand and five, it was ninety nine. All as a as a supporter of a merged entity. Um, if the merge is right, I think we need and we definitely need to start culling teams in Sydney or merging teams in Sydney so that we can expand the competition. If if clubs aren't viable, I, I just can't see the NRL just throwing money into those clubs just so that we keep history. So you're talking merger, you're not talking extinction. No, I did use cull, but I meant merge, um, yep. I think. But you, you technically are. You, you no, I, I, under, I understand that. Existing that. team, right? So, I, like, you, you look at the Steelers, like, they really, like, no one taught, or everyone calls them St. George or the Dragons. Yeah. It, it's great to hear St. George Illawarra from time to time, but we have lost that. We have lost that club. There was the Steelers in the um, New South Wales Cup, a couple, uh, sorry, it was the Cutters in, um, I think it was 2016. I think they won the. Was it 2016 or 2017? They won the national championship. They won the New South Wales Cup and went on to win the national championship. Mm. But it, you knew, oh, the Steelers have lost their identity. There's people that just don't have a clue about who the Illawarra Steelers are or were. Um, and it's disappointing. But at the stage, you go well. At this stage, you go well. That's it. That's that's the evolution of rugby league. And if a team's not financially viable, I can't and. I know there's a lot, there's some of the pre-existing, or all the pre-existing teams, pretty much, have a longer history than the Illawarra Steelers. Mm. But you can't just keep pumping money in them because history 
has them there. We need to think about we need to think about the future, and we need to think about the game going forward, particularly with what's happening at the moment. Shaz. No, I agree. Right? I agree has that come out and said twenty teams for twenty twenty one. Really? Uh, sorry, sixteen teams. Sorry, no, that yeah. sixteen teams for twenty twenty one. Yeah, you've got an opportunity here, Pete. To you know, you're doing well with what, what's going on in terms of the chat and everything. You see where the league's going. This is a big opportunity in the future of rugby league to not do what the people in the past have done and, and spruiked it, but never really gone through with it and just expanded into other areas. It's a it's an opportunity to get the game and right the wrongs of the past. But if there was no coronavirus, would you yeah. still be singing this tune at this point of the season? Probably. I. Honestly, probably not. Right. I, I probably probably wouldn't because what we've been get, what what the, the league has been strong the last few years, and I I I understand like yeah the, the nature of what we do in in TV and having eight games a week has been great, and all four expansion that second Brisbane team, the second New Zealand team, whether it's out of Wellington or wherever. Like, get another game in the schedule is amazing. But, yeah. like, I think we can, like, it's such a it's such a, a big talking point. I, I don't want to see teams go from the league. I want to see, I want to see a bit of expansion. I love the fact that um, the Super League in England has been expanding into areas like Toronto mm. and soon to be Ottawa and New York. Like, mm. that's great. That's great for the game going forward. Um and I know some of the traditionalists in England have sort of they've been very aggressively against what's going on there, and because it's taking away some of the traditional clubs, and that's the issue that we've had here. But I, I want to say I, I love seeing sixteen teams. I love seeing eight games a week. I love the current format: a Thursday, two Fridays, three Saturdays, two Sundays. I think it's that's great. Cool. It's great to work on. But yeah, like I think we can sort of look at you know, going in different areas like we Perth Perth's an interesting one again do can we go there should we go there well here's what's going to happen if all this was to take place people in the media are going to have to stop banging on about tribalism and history and tradition yeah can they do that can they do that are they physically able to stop using those words because if you remove I'm not even going to use the club's names but if you remove three Sydney clubs and I mean, all the clubs have a pretty big history now. Uh, you're removing a lot of tradition, a lot of rivalry, a lot of, um, you know, you might be, for example, getting rid of a classic derby. I will tell you this, Brooksy, you're also going to lose some fans because not everyone's as sprightly as you, my friend. No, I, and we have. And that's what the big thing about Super League was amongst friends and family. Like I know a few my um, a few uncles and that were Western Suburbs Magpies fans that totally lost interest. I know numerous people, North Sydney fans that we sort of lost along the way. I know some that took up another team, uh, and that's it's tough. You know, there's going to be collateral damage in in a sense if you're going to go down this path. And there was that was the way inclined with Super League. I, I think they were always like, we want 12 teams, we want less teams in Sydney, we want better representation around uh, Australasia. Uh, 
that that was always the case and it's funny because at the time I was totally against it and now like looking at the the grand scheme of things in terms of what could have been put in place it's it's something that I, I would enjoy to see how it have played out but it's also um, something that we keep talking about every every yeah. year there's some sort of yeah. Super League themed discussion around uh, expansion condensing it's 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 funny and that's where it's like we could be 25 years in now it would have been interesting to see how the ga- how it played out and and where the game would be i'm all for if teams can't afford to be you know doing things things themselves then i agree that the nrl shouldn't keep propping up clubs i completely agree with that uh, and that's coming from someone who's had his club propped up from time to time i think that this year with the corona stuff going down there has to be a little bit of leeway and a little bit of sympathy. I don't think it could just be as cold as this team uh, needs half a million dollars to exist for the next month. Otherwise, they're they're gone. I don't think it's. I don't think as a league we can be that cutthroat right now. If you're talking about in two, three, four years' time, it might be a different story. But as far as next year goes, man, I mean, I'd be pretty disappointed if all sixteen aren't there. It, it it really depends on what's played this year too, Schnaz. Yeah, like it really does depend on that because I I read a figure that if we don't get a competition up and running this year, the NRL is going to have about twenty million dollars to start with in twenty twenty one. We saw the AFL got bailed out with a line of credit from NAB and ANZ a couple mm. of days ago to the tune of about five hundred six hundred million dollars. It's that's a line of credit. That's not that's yeah. that's a debt that they're going to take that they'll be able to to utilize to be able to sustain their eighteen team competition. They've got they've they've based themselves quite well around Australia with two teams in Perth, Adelaide, Sydney, Queensland. They've got derbies there. It's it's a bit different for us. We 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 don't we've got less teams. We're we're going to potentially have. A lot less money to play with if there's no competition here in 2020. Yep. I, 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 like I said before, I think it's an opportunity for Volandis to really and and Greenberg to really look at where we are and and what we need going forward. I I get you. I, I hate to see teams locked out of competition and cut out, but I, I think this is an opportunity to strengthen the game long term if we do. And, Potentially bring in areas where more money can be brought into the into the competition. I've just been thinking. Valandis has come out pretty much when he got the job and said that he's not, uh, you know, he's not really. He doesn't want to lose the sixteen teams we have, including all the Sydney teams. Yeah. So we're guided by him now. He's the man in charge. If he's a man of his word, and that's what he wants. I don't really yeah. see the expansion coming soon. I don't see the merging coming soon unless, no. of course, unless someone has to. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. That's uh, And that's it. Like, I'm not saying... My line here is not to just cut teams for the sake of it. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, 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 just, I just think it's an opportunity to really evaluate what we've got at the moment and, and not to... Let history get in the way. Yeah. Uh, if we've got if we've got a team that's gonna 
it's going to cost a, a large amount of money consistently, then, yeah, I think we've got to look at and see if it's viable, that team's viable going forward, or can we move that team to another area that um, has a market that we can sustain that end and sustain that history? Like, you know, the move, like the AFL moving South Melbourne to um, Sydney. You know, it was an opportunity to take one of those Victorian, that Melbourne-based clubs and move it into state. Uh, it's been quite successful, to say the least. I know Sydney's a bit of a... It's a big market. It's the potentially the biggest market in Australia um, yeah. for, for them outside of Melbourne. But, yeah, like it's uh, that's the sort of stuff we've got. I think we've got to start looking at all those things for the betterment of the, the league. We can't just go, oh, we'll just keep these 16 teams and we'll keep going post... Post Corona, but yeah, like it's you look at we just keep looking back at Super League, and it seems like we've had opportunity after opportunity to do it, and it's just the strength of the Sydney clubs have sort of you know stopped it, and you know we've we've done a few mergers and they've sort of been successful. And speaking as a Dragons fan, like I think it's it's been a good natural merger. Uh, yeah, I'm devastated that there's no Steelers, but at the same time, it's good to have at least a little bit of Illawarra still kicking on rather than none at all. Yeah, but as you said before, there's not much there. I know. I, no, I, I totally agree with that. And you look at West Tigers, I, I, I mean, there's not much Magpie there. They play at Campbelltown, but... Yeah, but there's not... I, I guess, like, they've got the Tigers brand there. Like, what... What do you think of West Tigers, Shnaz? Do you think of Balmain more so than Wes? Uh, tough question. I'll put you on the spot there. No, because it, I think it's a genuinely a tough question. I, I, I would say it's probably 70-30, yeah, 70-30 Tigers in my head. Yeah. <laughs> but they play yeah. Campbelltown. Um, they do have a history there. I'd, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a tough one. Oh, just generally speaking, I know um, you and I wanted to talk more about Super League, which we might on another episode, but I guess the whole point of us doing Super League is uh, getting it back to today's conversation in today's world about what's going to happen next year and years going forward. Yeah. How, as you say, we keep asking the same questions about merging, about should we have a grand final somewhere else, about expansion, basically, of the game. Yeah. Uh, I did want to tell you one story before I have to wrap up, and I've told it before on numerous platforms, shall we say, but it never gets old to me, at least. So if you all want to skip forward about a minute and a half, you'll be sweet. But uh, no, this is what this is what Super League did to me, Brooksy, and it wasn't it wasn't a purposeful uh, way that I behaved. I wasn't angry at Super League or ARL. It just this is what happened to me in '97. I watched all the games. I had paid TV. I still love footy. I love the Sharks. I went to one game, man. Now, I had spent my life going to games. You know, when I was a wee little thing, my brother would take me to all three grades of the Sharks. Like, I'd be there at midday. We'd be there at 11.30 with the gates, get our seats. I wouldn't leave till 5.30. And I'm talking year in, year out. Uh, you know, in your teenage years, you discover rock and roll. You discover girls that won't talk to you. It's a bit different. But you still go to the footy and you have a great time. I still time. haven't discovered that, Chinos. Yeah, uh, but 97, I went to one game and it happened to be the game against uh, the Rams and the Rams at the time were filled with about seven former Sharks, including 
I believe your Robbie Kearns and those kind of characters. He was the highest profile. Yeah. The rest, the rest were pretty much bums. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that that team of bums beat my team at Shark Park. It was a dreadful game. It was probably half full on a Saturday night. I think it was. I've talked about this with you before. We've seen footage on the Matty John show. The halftime entertainment was a, uh, a spaceship hanging off the side, uh-huh. hanging off the side of the ET stand. That was the halftime entertainment. That was Super League. My point is, yeah. I, I went to one game all year, and uh, I don't have fond memories of it. We made the grand final. I remember watching the grand final. I was amped for it. It was a grand final. It was the first yeah. grand final that I had experienced uh, in my life as a shark. And we lost. We got done like a hot dinner. It hurt at the time, but in hindsight, to be honest, I don't really care. And I'm not saying that because we won one since. I, it just that year to me is a, like it's like this year. It's, it's, a, it's a write-off. You know what I mean? It's just it yeah. doesn't. And I know John Rebo would be sad hearing that, but it just doesn't mean that much to me. I will say this: I'll say that the money they made from the competition, the Sharks. Um, prolong their life and pretty much save them. So I'm thankful they went that way. But uh, that that's just my little experience of the Super League year. Yeah. Well, that's well, that's the way I feel with the Dragons, but totally opposite. Like, we stayed yeah. with the ARL. We stayed loyal. We lost our greatest ever coach. And we merged three years later. Like, it's a big what if we went to Super League because, you know, but, but they, they had a meeting with Illawarra. They, they said how important it was to the competition to have that team that represented the South Coast, Wollongong, the Illawarra region. And unfortunately, we didn't go that way. I understand why we went that way. Mm. But, you know, it's a massive what if for Steelers fans if we do go to Super League and we, and we keep that, those young stars and we keep that junior base. But, you know, I, the, <laughs> the 13, 14, 15-year-old Emmy is still happy that we stayed ARL. Okay. Unfortunately, we, you know, you look in hindsight and you go, oh, could have gone a different way. It could have. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. We, bear, like, we just scratched the surface, Shaz. Like, I know. We it, really did. It, we like, did have so to. Many stories. We did have to tinker off into other areas because of it. Uh, yeah. But we do we do want to promote someone else's podcast, don't we? Yeah, the Rugby League Digest, and I had a look. They're eighteen episodes deep at the moment into the, into Super League, the Super yeah. League Chronicles. I'm a, I'm a um, listener. I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm a listener. I'm a subscriber, yeah. and they do it really well. Yeah. And the word I, thorough yeah, comes great. to mind. I didn't want to listen to any of it before we did ours. I didn't want to like regurgitate anything that they said. Oh, um, theirs is way better. It, it, yeah, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm Theirs is, um, Brooksy's, theirs is dedicated. Their, their podcast is about that. Ours is not about that, obviously. Um, yeah. But yeah, we do want to say, uh, go listen to those guys if you do have more interest in Super League. Like I said, go look up yeah. a few books. Just go online and read some old newspapers. You'll be able to tell which side's uh, Murdoch and which side's Packers. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure we might get back into it in another episode, Brooksy. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's just, like, just looking through everything that you could have uh, looked at and observed and oh, absorbed man. and 
all the information that's there. There's numerous hundreds, thousands of bits of media that you go and have a look at um, on Super League. The years prior, during and post, like didn't even touch on the um, international. What was it? The the World Challenge. Yep. Some of the some of the biggest scores in rugby league history. <laughs> Uh, some of the greatest tries, some of the greatest bomb tries. I remember Russell Richardson bombing a couple in that yeah. competition, yeah. or maybe just the one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was great. There was we had you had. I remember there was like half my mates had Foxtel, the other half had Optus Vision. One of my mates' his dad was actually knee deep in Super League in '97. Um, Neil, uh, yeah, you'd, you'd know him, Neil Wicker. Uh, yes, Neil he, Wicker. He took over from Ken Arthurson for the ARL. Um, yeah, there's some there's some crazy stories there, just um, in terms of him, uh, you know, basically getting the hand pass from Arthur. Yeah. To look yeah. after the competition. Yeah. So yeah, it's what it's what crazy. we what we should do, Brooksy, is we should um, set up some interviews with some other people who are more knowledgeable about this. And what I mean is people who went through it. So we know a few journos, yeah. we know a few players, ex-players. Yep. Maybe a few admin guys. Maybe that's a project we can work on over the next few weeks or months. We're going to wrap this one, Brooksy, but we'll be back before you know it, talking about yep. other rugby league things. And if you have, uh, if anyone wants to talk more about the Super League, then please write to us. Brooksy, if you have more to say on it, please don't hesitate uh, in other episodes to do so. Uh, but yeah. we are on all of your podcast platforms. We are on all of your favorite social medias at Legal Life NRL. Is that right, Brooksy? At Legal Life NRL? Legal Life NRL on the Twitter, the Insta, and the Facey. Excellent. We want to say thanks for listening, don't we, Brooksy? I'm prodding you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very good. I'd love your feedback on it. Like, yes. there's probably some things we didn't get to talk about, and we'd love to hear like some of the those moments that we haven't really touched on. Obviously, yeah. time dependent uh, here doing this podcast, but we yeah, can. It, it's good to sort of get the juices flowing and talk about it, Shnaz. I think there. Well, I'd love to talk about some of these clubs that people don't know about. Go into deep dive into their existence, and yeah, particularly the crushes. Love the crushes. Love their jersey. Love how they tried to recruit a few rugby players. Well, um, tried to try to take over Brisbane. It was yeah, it's great because we could see it again in the near future. Your dream come true of deep diving on old clubs no one knows about might come true. We might have a bit of time up. Footy cards, so. favorite footy cards that era. I love footy cards. Uh, Brooksy, if anyone wants anyway. to get in touch with us, we can uh, we'll address that feed, feedback and mail. On the next episode, we'll 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 get into it. So, uh, Let's thanks it. for yeah, listening. Thanks for your, uh, Brooksy. Thanks for your studying. I really appreciate it. I Very tried, knowledgeable. I, I I tried my best. Uh, yeah. All you can do. It's, All you can do is your best. Just, there's just it's so extensive. It should be a university degree. I think it is. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> there you go. The school of hard knocks. Uh, <laughs> All right, Brooksy. I'm gonna go. Uh, Conduct some business and I will see you. See you later. Marcus, bye for now.